0: Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning, EA peers, and welcome back to the In The Lead podcast. We're This is like episode 80, I think, or something like that. Woo. We're cruising. It's doing good. Yeah, it's doing really, really well. Uh, good crew today. Kelvin is out. I don't know what he's doing. Who the heck knows? Uh, but in his place, we do have the infamous Tyler. How's it going, man?
1: Oh, it's fantastic. Busy, but busy
0: yeah <laughs> busy but busy e- yeah 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 going going through all those emails oh well not emails, emails anymore
1: I, you- I got over that a little bit but yeah we're um <laughs> i mean yeah just like it's, it's you can't even break it down in like minutes here like we just do ads, and we just have huge goals we're getting but things are things are working great yeah
0: awesome that's what i like to hear um i heard you went on vacation
1: yeah i went to california a little bit last week um uh, Laxed in uh, disneyland no it didn't do disneyland went to some wine wineries a <laughs> little bit north cal um yeah just for three days got away it's nice
0: very cool good well you deserve it man definitely we gave you crap on the last week's podcast oh, you did? For it, so <laughs> yeah we did I, I just a tiny one it was just you. a little one <laughs> we also have mr alec in the house wearing what is that hat you're wearing i wish you guys could see the video
2: it is, a lot of people think, it is a uh, Broncos hat. It is actually a Pebble Beach golf hat. Oh, fancy. Since when do you golf? I golf a little bit. My uh, father-in-law is, uh, he actually was, is like a pro and like was a pro in a country club for a long time, um, and so he's he's big into traveling and uh buying all like the golf swag from all the different famous courses and so i i don't golf that much but i end up with a lot of swag that makes it seem you're one of those like like, really into into golf you're one of those uh
0: what what is it called like a fanboy team what is it like it's golden state warriors like everybody loves them now right i don't think
1: they're they're like they're like bashing them aren't they
0: Oh, I I hate the goal. They're like the Seahawks. I hate that. Oh, it was yeah. a bandwagon team the second they won. I can't stand it. So I, we probably just lost a bunch of Seahawks fans. Great. That's all right. No big deal. Fantastic. Whatever. Um, Mister <laughs> Mister Robert, how's it going?
3: What's good? Doing good, man. Just uh, just staying busy. Nothing really special this week.
0: No, nothing at all. You sure about that? You don't want to tease anything? <laughs> um, no. We
3: have we have some great stuff coming out. I'll leave it at that.
1: Excellent.
0: That's what it's I love to hear. Like all right, all cool.
1: Secrets.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, I do. I'm the first one to hear them and then I get, like, just get all excited. about it. I love it. Um, all right, cool. Well, we're just, we're going to, we're going to, uh, keep it pretty short and sweet. Cause I know I'm sure all of you are busy. I'm busy. I'm sure the EAP are busy. So we're just going to do a couple questions. Um, uh, Mr. Ed Allen came in with three questions this week. He actually sent them into the support ticket, which was awesome to hear that he was listening. Uh, the first question I'm going to round, fire off to Tyler, um, he said, "When choosing an audience, what is a decent size to target?" I think Ty recommended a large audience so you can run it for a long while. But there are two other Facebook gurus uh, who uh, recommend niching down to at least to less than two thousand. <laughs> less just a than two thousand <laughs> is just a matter of hey, Ed, just testing and stop asking, or is there some answer based on thousands of ads? So that you um,
1: have yeah, so um, I used to believe that too before. Like, so you believe that up until you start spending and you like when so let me back up. Some of the first ads we ever ran were to audiences that size. And when you're spending like super low amount of money, um, like it, it just, it's, it can work. But the second you find something that let's say works and you want to go out there and you want to generate your thousand emails a month, like I talked about in a video, I just posted on YouTube. Then you like, if you want to generate a thousand emails a month and you're running ads to 2000 people, I mean, you do the math. You're not going to get 50% of the audience to opt in, right? That's just ludicrous. And so unless, like, every agent I talk to is busy. And Facebook ads need to be, like, take an hour to set up at, at the absolute max. And they need to run for, like, let's say a month or two. And so if you're picking an audience that that's small, you're not going to be able to run that ad for longer than, I mean the longer than a week. So I would say at, at the bare minimum, shoot for 10,000. Um, I'd be a lot more interested in finding an ad that gets you solid email addresses in the 30 to 50,000 range, um, depending on your town, town size. Um, if you're in a super small town in Iowa, obviously, you know, the town size and the county size might be smaller than, you know, 100,000. So you should probably whittle that down a bit more. But, but those are the numbers I'd shoot for. Um, be careful the gurus you take your Facebook ad advice from, uh, make sure that they've actually spent like a lot of money <laughs> on Facebook, like a lot, like hundreds of thousands,
0: hundreds of thousands. There you go. I, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good question. I, I figured that you'd probably get a kick out of it too. That's why I wanted to yeah, ask I'm you. sorry
1: if that was offensive um, laughing at the beginning. <laughs> but
0: I you, you offended me. I was slightly <laughs> offended by it a little bit, but that's okay. I get offended easily. No, it was great. Really good. Um. So, so general actually, rule
1: of Alex, thumb is like, like you, don't you stick had to it. stuff like that too because you run our Google ads, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. No. I, I think your your comment was was right. Like you, you just you do the math on it. That it's it's way too small to generate um, a significant number of leads for. It's just the yeah the math doesn't you, work. But on you it.
1: but you actually set up Google ads for audience for um keywords where the estimated number of searches per month. We're just insanely small so even if you spend like yeah
2: yeah so so yeah i mean you end up spending a little bit and maybe you get an opt-in here and opt-in there but it's like you just sit there and you look at them and you stare at your screen and you get almost no data because the audience is just so tiny it's it's really if you want to get leads now um yeah it's, it's not a good way to go let me and ask when you guys you limit that... your... go ahead go ahead
3: Oh, after. just when you, just when you limit your target audience, you're limiting your ability to directly collect data. So you can't see, you're never going to find like an, as, an association or an assumption. It's like, oh man, well, these guys actually, this group actually responded well to it. Like you can't, like when you're making that many um, decisions up front, you're, you're creating a hypothesis of what, who you think is going to convert. And then if, and that's all it is. So mm-hmm. if you, if your guess is wrong, you're going to have no results and high, high, high price leads and, or no leads at all but if you can actually see what works and then continue to whittle it down then you could start to figure out what is what's a better angle to go at Let well me-
2: yeah and it, even just assuming that all 2,000 people are actually going to see and, and pay attention to your ad is way over optimistic so you're actually dealing with a much smaller audience than even the 2,000
3: unless that's like your retargeting list or um right, maybe an right. email list or whatever
0: right Um, so with that said there, in reality, like there's really never a good time to do a small group, right. When you're, when you're actually running. So if you're
1: doing a, like, let's say you have an email list of 500, 2000, people. Um, (laughs) Let's just keep it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So if you have an email list of 2000 people upload it and you rerun, um, a remarketing ad for a week at those 2000 people saying, come to my event at Buffalo Wild Wings this weekend for free wings and whatever, then cool that that'll work. that will get their attention. They already know like and you know appreciate you and they'll, they'll get there. Um, but if you're doing cold lead gen, it, it just like this you're you're setting yourself up to be extremely disappointed because let's say you find the perfect ad that gets you one dollar leads for an audience of two thousand people. Well, guess what? Like that ads junk in like three to five days and then you got to start over. So. Oh, whoop de do
3: so your point Ty, is really just have it have an audience the size enough that you can actually stop tweaking ads and stop messing with and them actually estate, figure it out yeah. and kind of and you can ride it a little yeah. bit for a while
0: awesome
2: yeah when you don't even get enough data for it to be like significant and for you to have like an educated know what the heck is going on with that ad anyway with an audience that small wow. yeah
0: awesome. Really great question, Ed. Um, I'm going to skip the second one that you had. Uh, well, I, I mean, I might as well say it. The real power behind EAP is not your lead sites, in my honest opinion. It is the data and experience you guys have had after running several thousand Facebook ads. Um, the next part of it was, do you have any private videos on YouTube that's exclusive to EAP members dealing for specific, uh, specifically with Facebook ad techniques? To that, I want to answer, we do not have private videos, but... We do have. You can purchase some really great eBooks like that Alec and Kelvin have made that really, really go in depth about Facebook ads and stuff like that. We'll throw that on Uh, the do list too.
1: No guarantees for when they'll get done, but uh, I put a card on Trello, and so we'll um, we'll try to get something like that knocked out. That's a good idea.
0: Yeah, really great idea. The third question he asked was, uh, if lead acquisition ad cost was not an issue, and if you were starting with no customers or lookalike audience and no databases, what's the basic one, two, three blueprint for a Facebook ad uh, Ty would use today to generate two buyers and uh, and into escrow into the next two weeks we via Facebook ad or AdWords ads? Facebook's Facebook or AdWord ads. Sorry about that. Tongue twister. Uh, Tyler, go ahead and take it. <laughs>
1: That's funny. Drilling you. Um yeah. so I think you have to look at your overall marketing like system. Um one, do you have a Facebook page that looks like you've actually been in business? Two, if someone Googles your name, does it look like you actually know what you're doing? Are there reviews on Zillow, Yelp, anywhere? Your website. Three, do you have blogs with your you know name on it? Um, all these things need to be in place before you're even going to stand a chance of, um, converting a cold person that doesn't know you into doing business with you. Um, so two, two people doing escrow, um, I, like I said, focus on getting a thousand emails a month for a year. I would focus on getting a thousand emails and in there, I would expect there to be at least one buyer. Um, and and that's what I would do straight out the gate. I would set up the foundation so that I had a blog, a website, um place where they can search. Um, I'd have reviews online, I'd make sure when I googled my name I actually came up. Um and I'd make sure that when they they saw that there were videos of me on YouTube and there were videos of me on Facebook. And then I would start the cold lead gen process. So I'd spend a lot of time making sure that foundation is solid before going straight into ads. And then I'd set up an ad. And like so the blueprint there I guess Um, I just do like a straight up basic, like single story home search um, for buyers in the area looking at real estate. And I would look to get a thousand emails for that. And I'd spend probably two to $4,000 doing that. Um, And then I would, you know, milk those leads and I'd do it again.
0: Awesome. And do you guys want to chime in on, you know, follow through with what Tyler
2: said? I, I just want to point out. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Robert. Oh, you take it, Alec. Go for it. I was just going to say I want to point out a little bit of a shift in the thinking because there's always like an assumed perspective in these questions um, and kind of where Tyler answers that is from a little bit of a different perspective where this is like how do I get two buyers, right? And the the, the difference in perspective is how many emails do I need to generate to hit that to, – to, to generate two high-quality leads. So you kind of – you have to think in terms of more of like a funnel. And so like maybe that number for you is, is out of a 1000 emails you'll put two buyers in escrow. So now you know if you generate 1000 emails a month Andy's like every asking month you can put two buyers in I escrow need to get them like in 2 weeks. But I think is a bit ridiculous. So well, um,
1: that, the whole point of my video is everyone comes to me and asks me that question. They're saying, "Hey Tyler, in this situation where I have zero people that know like and trust me, I have no email list, I have nothing. How do I get two buyers in a week?" And I'm saying that's absolutely insane like it's insane you're you're well the 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 point is, you should have had
3: a thousand emails a year ago. Yeah, and then you would <laughs> sure. have your two sales today. That's and what I'm trying you to think. You, you would exactly also have Robert. a structure in place to keep it going, right? right? So you're still spending the same amount of money, but your same structure is being reused over and over again to create. So an if output. you buy a thousand once
1: emails if, today, from not buy, but like if you go to Facebook, set up the ad for single story homes, get a thousand emails to opt in, you're going to find one to two buyers in that that are ready to go quickly. And then you're going to have 999, 998 people who might convert next month to a year after if you keep emailing quality blogs and if you keep posting quality stuff on YouTube and emailing them like once a month. Super easy. You can automate that entirely. But then you actually... It sounds like... But then in a year, you actually have some, you're stop asking this question. The whole goal is to get agents to stop asking this question because this is the question that every agent comes into the market asking. And so what you need to do is you have to get beyond the point where this question actually matters to you. And the only way I've seen people to do that is get those leads in their database. Right.
0: I like my, the way that I always tell people like in during coaching sessions and stuff, and they're asking like, what's good quality content to build that foundation. I always say it's, it's not, necessarily a, it's not necessarily one specific thing. It's a mixture of things that you need to tackle and, and, and take on. Obviously, picking one of them and mastering them is very important, and we have expressed that to people before. But my favorite thing to tell them is, like, you want that big footprint online. You want a person to sit there and say, okay, not only does this person have a really fabulous lead site or a really fabulous web page, but if I click on uh, this InstaFarm page and there's a video of them driving around this area showing off what makes it so special... I can then click the YouTube button and go to their YouTube account and see that they have 10 or 15 videos that are really, really relevant to the area and really show off their expertise. And then there's also links that connect back to their Facebook page. There's links that connect back to any of the social media that they have, their blogs, um, the actual company's website. Like, I, I think I agree wholeheartedly, Tyler, with you that you need to focus on creating that really great foundation of solid content before that question even comes into your head. Because without that content, you're not going to generate a lead, especially when they don't even know who you are, like you said. So I, I agree, man. I think that's a really, really great way to look at it and, and take a perspective that's a little bit different
2: than what and most people most are saying. And then
3: in your follow-ups, don't be that guy that sends a how much is your home worth email once a month, and you just keep sending the same email talking about the market every month, and it's like, hey – You want to see how much your home's worth? You want to see how much? Right. You always like a quick, easy formula. It's like value, value, ask, or you can do four values and one ask. You can figure out your ratio that you're comfortable with, but you should, uh, content creation is easy when you're thinking about things that are valuable that you have to send out to these guys. Right. You're like, what would they, what would they need the most? Let's make that. And now you can actually provide them value twice and then say, Hey, are you, are you considering selling? Are you looking to buy soon? I know you had previously expressed interest. And then it's not like you're just a straight. Like, spammer, right. just sending them me, me, me emails instead of like, hey, here you go, this will make your life easier.
0: With that said, mm-hmm. I, I want to roll into the next question because speaking of emails and, and stuff like that, I'm going to skip one right now. Um, Nicole Butcher asked, hey, everyone, Drip Campaigns. Have people in the group uh, built them out themselves? I need buyer, sellers, short-term, ready to buy and nurture for six months to a year. I'm a little overwhelmed knowing what to say and when to send. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your help. And funny enough, I had a question about this happen in my office hours class for IDX uh, on Wednesday. And they were basically like, what's a good email to send? And they gave out some, you know, like... Look keep it keep it localized or whatever or send out a market report. And the first thing I asked her, I said, Well which one sounds sexier? Which one would you read? You know what I mean? It's like a really simple question. With that said, uh um I'm sorry. Robert, go ahead and answer that and see, you know, because I know you're I just don't stop
3: sending market reports. Everyone sends market reports. Oh, like I just say what I just said, value, value, ask. So send them, you know, here's your, so, and what Pass allows you to do now is actually create a track for each of these. So if you're doing buyers, it would say, you know, like your IDX, you can configure that to send those emails. But I, if you're going to actually take the time to send an email, it should be a personal thing from you. And it could say, hey, have you heard about the Zillow stuff? You know, like blah, blah, blah. This is how something's going to be impacted. Send them something interesting that they'd actually want to read and learn from you instead of just always asking to for them to become your lead like I feel like most of the emails you read and see and the ones I get I, I'm signed up for quite a few agents emails it's like Hey, like the market conditions are, are, it's a great time to sell. Are you thinking about selling? Let us know. And they just say that over and over. And that's what everyone's saying. And you're never going to stand out and you're going to be marked as spam. Um, it's just like, it's not a good situation. So just try to think of things that they actually need. We talked about, you know, like your first time home buyers course and make a quick video course for them and send them out and say, Hey, I know you're interested <coughs> in buying a home. Here's this course for you. Check it out. It's free. Like who doesn't want to click that?
0: Right that sure as hell sounds sexier than a market report that's for sure <laughs> i'm
3: gonna send his market report <laughs> or i'm gonna send. i'm gonna go and yeah it's just like it's overkill that used to be cool in like 99
0: <laughs> back when there was no regulation and they
1: just wanted to right um tyler did well, you want to chime was, in on that I, I think robert did a good job um yeah i think he did really good I, I think i think agents do kind of know what to send um they're more asking for ways to get around like how do I send it easily? Not send, you know,
3: <laughs> how can I not yeah. send value to in, them and in, still get I leads? Think the,
1: <laughs> the solution there with the lead site is hook your, your RSS blog feed up to Mailchimp and like have that drip it because those are value, um, and that's one way to do it easily. Uh, you can do that with paths now too, but um, yeah, Robert Robert really hit it there. Cool. When awesome.
3: you're creating these campaigns, just realize you only have to do this once. So you only have to create like the six month campaign once. So you have to like make your guide, your course. That's if we're following a once a month blast, then you have to make six emails. That's really not that crazy. You could get that done this week. You can make two eBooks and a course. You could do anything of like that would help someone out. And then you can build it in. You have to write two sales emails mixed in there, trying to ask for a referral or ask for them to do something. But then other than that, you just have two more or four articles to write about, you know, like something. It's so
0: hard. It. You it's so hard for me to sit there and say the words you could, right? It's more of like, just go do it. Like get it done. If you do it's this, six emails. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, done. And um, so yeah, Tyler's right. Like it, it's not necessarily, it is a question of how do I get leads without putting in the work? And it's just not, I don't know. I just don't believe that that's really A good way to look at well you can
1: if you have have like 20 if you have 10 well yeah right
0: let me pull those out of my back pocket here give me one second
3: because what you write now that's the cool thing you get it done and it works for 500 people it also works for if you're collecting 5,000 leads a month and you're sending them in there it like that's what you just get done and then all you have to do is focus on ways to grab emails and then a thousand emails is literally your goal and then you just take care of it and it's like it's very streamlined thought process
0: right Awesome. I hope that answers your question, Nicole. Uh, thank you so much for sending it in. We've got one more, and we'll wrap it up. Like I said, keep it nice and nice and short and sweet for you folks. Uh, Noir asks, hello, EA peers. I like using InstaFarm because of the lead capture features built into them. When do you use pages instead of InstaFarms? Are there cases when it's better to use a page versus an InstaFarm? I'm going to go ahead and drop this on Alec because I'm sure he's completely unprepared for it. Go ahead, Alec. Take it away.
2: <laughs> no. I, yeah, well, I was, I was thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> he's like, I, Damn it. <laughs> No, I for for me for using it as like a as a thank you page or, or something like that or or even if you're just for SEO like it's so built out if you're featuring IDX or you're trying to get SEO like why would you use anything else most of the time that what we see with pages is agents using it more for like team pages or um, something that's like what is it? Uh, Who was in Alaska? It was like the guide to this certain type of window in your home or like, it's, it's a little bit something that is a resource you want to put on your navigation that people might reference regularly that you don't want it just falling into the blog feed. But if you're doing, if you're doing anything that's like an IDX thing with some SEO type stuff in uh, the InstaFarm pages are so perfectly engineered to do that. Like, I, I don't see a reason to use anything else, but Right, uh, Robert, you probably have a little bit more no that
3: that. i'd i agree, and then noir, we're gonna be just making templates that are variations of that and and look better and have different styles and that kind of thing. so like they the the setup was is it we you know we thought of it for its purpose, and it does really good at that, so like. Uh, you should almost never be creating regular pages on the site it's like like,
2: like, the- like yeah unless it's like a team page or whatever but like th- having like the video so perfectly formatted with like the header image and all like it's it's all done for you just cu- just fill in your information and and uh yeah and move on
0: i love like uh- The I always tell people about InstaFarm pages, too. Like, you can think outside of the box with these things, too, you know? Like, yeah, a page gives you the ultimate freedom to build whatever you want on it. But when people are asking, like, how do I advertise a specific listing? And I'm like, InstaFarm. Why are you not using InstaFarm for this? Like, upload upload it through your IDX shortcode, right? So it's there. And then in those featured areas, instead of talking about school districts, talk about the kitchen. Talk about the pool in the backyard. Like think mi- think micro versus macro. And mm-hmm. like it blows their mind every time to think about that. The only time I would recommend making a page is like a resource page maybe like I know uh, Eric's from Australia he's got a really fabulous resource page because apparently buying a home there you need to have your freaking master's degree with all the freaking coding (laughs) and stuff and uh, you know all the the code work all the paperwork and red tape you got to go through but he has just this awesome page of resources everything from like local government things to like you know where you're supposed to place a home all the way down to like these fabulous brokerages that offer the best loans or something stupid like that so he had like that's the only other time I can really think about it the rest of them, i think an InstaFarm page is the best way to go i don't know if tyler wants to chime in too
1: uh, yeah there it's it's robert robert hates me Kelvin hates me i'm all about like uh <laughs> getting stuff done i don't care how it looks so i just i just go with the <laughs> faster and, and then uh if it works we make it better there you go
0: well there you go so you have two different options just make it look like chicken poop or, <laughs> or just really
1: focus on getting
3: it done.
0: <laughs> Uh, but seriously, like, I, I don't know. I <laughs> Yin think that, and that yang. was a really good question. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yin and yang. <laughs> um, no, awesome. With that said, that's all the questions I had this week. Uh, short, sweet, simple for you folks. I really appreciate you guys sitting in and chatting with us. Um, you know, thank you for sending in all these great questions. Uh, if you do have any questions you want to send into uh, the In the Lead podcast, you can send us a tweet at EasyAgentPro or you can send us an email to support at easyagentpro.com. And we can answer your questions and let you know that it will be on the next podcast. With that said, I want to say thank you on behalf of the three really brilliant guys that I'm chatting with today. And we will see you next week. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. everybody. Thank you for listening to In The Lead. If you have enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us an honest review. For more great content, check out our blog at easyagentpro.com. And as always, we'll see you later.